welcome pudding people to another episode of everybody loves pudding we are your hosts ken seymour and richard geiger how are you good sir he's going to be the good i'm i'm well cold but i'm good (laughs) we have a couple of uh, extra guests to, to be with us today to help warm things up for you we have our fantastic web mistress rhonda uh, the the amazing Seymour is with us today, and uh, thank you. We have uh, a friend of the show who we love to have on as often as we can possibly have it. Uh, it's uh, Lindsey Gray from the Rosenbaum and Gray Hour. How are you? I am good, hanging in there. Kind of have to. Don't have anything else to do. <laughs> <laughs> Well, you know, we've all been there, I'm sure. That's something that we can uh, empathize with. Um, I want to start the show by just saying how happy I am, not only to have you all with us today on the cusp of a, a really excellent day to start celebrating. Uh, I will not say when we're recording this, but it could be a reason for champagne for some and, you know, cursing for others. But... <laughs> I'm going to take the champagne because, uh, you know, I think everybody needs that once in a while, right? We're celebrating that uh, the kids are back in school. That's right. <laughs> I'm sure some people will be celebrating about that. Yeah. Well, uh, we have an excellent episode for you today. Uh, we are going to talk about something that I have... Uh, I have a vested interest in uh, just because it's it's kind of one of the things that that you don't kind of see. I feel uh, addressed as much, I and mean, you get a lot. We talk, we've talked about a lot of blockbusters, you know, from some big actors. You know, talking about the Arnold Schwarzeneggers and the Sylvester Stallones and and some of those those peak '80s and '90s heroes. But sometimes it's uh, uh, being uh, being of a certain perspective can blind us to uh, some of the other awesome movies that are out there. They just don't pop to mind. And I think it's important to highlight that. We're going to talk about some of the best female-led cinema that has come out over the last 30, 40, 50 years, at least in our own personal opinions. But I was hoping to maybe jump things off because our guest, Lindsay, was just in the film Wonder Woman 1984, uh, it was it was a joy uh, being ready for you to to come on screen just to wait for us. Ah, there she is. <laughs> <laughs> I had so much fun being uh, a part of that movie and and growing up, you know, with my brother really into comic books and of course like it's spilling over into me. I always had a fascination with Wonder Woman. I mean, first mm-hmm. of all, she's a woman. And of course, you know, what's not cool about that to, you know, a kid, you know, a kid who's looking to find somebody to look up to. So Wonder Woman was always that for me. Um, So being able to be a part of it was just, it was a dream come true. I'll bet. Wonder Woman was also one of my favorites. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, I I liked her, uh, of course. And then, you know, but I always also liked harley quinn so you know dc mm. if you want to put me in a harley quinn movie i mean that would be you know pretty much it for me i, I could i could literally hang up the hat at that point but yeah i always loved wonder woman um and her lasso of truth i mean it was just it was such a fun movie to be a part of so what did you think 
of how uh, Gal has uh, taken the part? How, do you think she's done it justice? Has has she been everything? Has she been kind of that larger than life portrayer of uh, the character that you hope she would be? Um. I do. Um, and, and knowing, uh, you know, Gal Gadot's story and everything, it, how she got Wonder Woman is she didn't even really want it. And her her agent actually made her go and, and try out. And I mean, look what it's done for her. But she didn't even originally want the part. She didn't want to act uh, and, and everything. So it's just... I think she's done it justice. I think she's done it, you know, she's, she's better than, you know, some of the Batmans we've had over the years. Um, you know, cause it always feels like they're recasting Batman. Every time you turn around, there's a new mm-hmm. Batman. And it's nice that and I hope it stays with, with Gal Gadot just because when you look at the, you know, the comic book, she does resemble, a, you know, she does resemble Wonder Woman. Yeah. And so I think that they got that on point. Yeah. And at least for me, one of the, one of the things that I always admired about that character, you, we get used to certain types of uh, character archetypes. Um, you know, you look at the Spider-Man and, and uh, Deadpool and a lot of these characters are very quippy. They have a comeback for everything. And that was never really what Wonder Woman was. She was very stoic, and 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 not. I'm not saying overly serious necessary. I mean, could definitely have that serious level, but some it was somebody that you would take seriously. At least it always felt like that to me. Yeah, I feel like um, it's 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 not that she doesn't have a sense of humor, but she takes what she does very seriously. The character of Wonder Woman. And that, that comes through to me. I feel like Gal does that very well. Definitely. So what did you think about the overall production? Uh, Since you were at it during the actual filming, did it turn out basically the way that you were expecting or was, um, was there something that you were surprised about? Um, it, it turned out the way I was expecting. However, <laughs> I didn't realize who the bad guy was, even though I was on set and he was on set too, until <laughs> one of my uh, friends who worked on uh, season one of The Mandalorian was like, yeah, that's Pedro Pascal. And I'm like, wait, what? <laughs> like, it didn't even register until... <laughs> Christmas Day when I went over to her house and we kind of did like, you know, uh, you know, my my premiere, quote unquote. And uh, yeah, when she was telling me that, I'm like, she's like, yeah, that's the Mandalorian. I'm like, no, it's not. And then we got to talking about, you know, behind the scenes stuff with the Mandalorian. So <laughs> uh, that, he does that... look very different. If I hadn't known that that was who it was, I would not have recognized him. Yeah, it's it's now we've already kind of covered uh, as an episode our thoughts about Wonder Woman, uh, but uh, there is there is no way around it. The casting on that was just pretty phenomenal, um, and that, they did they did a good job finding 
for the most part the right people to do the the right parts and i just uh that was definitely very cool and casting's the thing right that a lot of times is going to get uh, get the person that's going to be able to lead the the theatrical uh release and be make it popular enough so you can get sequels and all that sort of stuff so that that was that's our that's our cheesy and very lame segue <laughs> into into talking about what our favorite female-led films uh, that have kind of influenced us over the years uh, are. Uh, since uh, I think I've mostly boxed him out so far, we should start with with Richard Geiger and see what one of his favorite picks are for for female-led films. Well, should we? Do we have a? Does everybody have a, a list of like ten, or they're the like these are the top ones, or is it more just like let's spew off a few of them, and that's what we're going to do? I, I, me, I'm spewing all the way. Okay, so I'll give some of my secondary ones. I have a few that are my absolute favorites, but I want to just throw out a few. Um, there's one that I think is quoted an awful lot referenced an awful lot and that's silence of the lambs uh that's just a really really good it, it was really good at the time and i think it's it's off their types of movies revolving around that one even the cbs show now which is just about clarice it's i don't think i would really watch that unfortunately because well it's on cbs but um <laughs> at least that movie itself was a powerful movie. Um, some people talk bad about some of the Kill Bill movies, honestly, but they're just fun. They're great. Um, a League of Their Own is an all-time classic, and it's just star power that's in that movie. Um, I, I think one of the, some of the more recent ones um, I really paid attention to the new Star Wars movies, I'm not a huge fan of, honestly. They're okay, but the big one, Rogue One, is one of the best. And, of course, it's a it's a female-led movie the whole way. So Rogue One, is, Rogue One is awesome. And then I think one of the underestimated ones, too, is we see, we see a lot of things from Disney that are, like, princess power i guess you could say in a sense and they have their own certain feel and direction but a movie like frozen i mean really really kind of stood out to me because it it really made my like my daughter feel really good it made my family it really enjoyed the movie it's one of those things that when you're when your kid's really little and they're sitting mesmerized in front of a TV and they're singing the songs that kind of coincide with that, that it just, it just, to me, it just pops. So those are some of the, those aren't my favorites, but that's my, let's call them my, my list of runners up, I guess you could say. That's a good start. What do you think? Uh, is, is it passable for a secondary list? Uh, thumbs up or thumbs down from the ladies? <laughs> I think that those up. yeah there are a couple there I have not seen yet I admit I have not yet made it to seeing uh, Rogue One that's on my list of things to get to when I have spare time should I ever have spare time again <laughs> <laughs> you know all the new Star Wars things and the popularity of some of the you know, the episodes seven, eight, and nine and how big those movies were. And those were honestly the worst of the bunch. 
because Rogue One is by far the best, I feel like. And Solo, which got such bad reviews, I, I don't know. I think Solo's actually really fun. And then The Mandalorian is its own special breed of awesome. So, um, But Rogue One is definitely worth a watch if you have a interest in Star Wars at all. I think that's a really good movie. Mm-hmm. What about you, Lindsay? Where, where does the beginning of your... Uh, love of the awesomeness start i would say my top uh female flick ever and it's a classic and it's um it speaks to you in a different way breakfast at tiffany's good choice i i actually i when i go in for an audition and they ask me to read a monologue my monologue is actually a um part of breakfast at tiffany's i just there was something about, you know, Audrey Hepburn and and just the sex appeal that she put off at that time without being like overly sexy like Marilyn Monroe. They were two totally different people. She she was a powerhouse in her own right and she just screamed sex appeal without, you know, revealing too much. Um I just that I that is my top. Like I will always watch that. But I have to agree, Rogue One was pretty badass. <laughs> now I definitely have to go watch it. Yeah. Yes, it's, it was it was it was really badass. <laughs> well, and right. the breakfast at Tiffany's that's 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 actually interesting in another way. Some movies age well, other movies don't, and sometimes it's a matter of just changing technology or changing cultural norms or anything like that. And there are a handful of things in Breakfast at Tiffany's which have really not aged well. But the performance is so strong in, 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 her, in, her, uh, in her portrayal. It's, it doesn't matter. That other stuff just kind of falls by the wayside. And it still just hangs on and is still awesome. Well, I think a lot of what it is is that most women can really identify with Holly Golightly. Mm-hmm. And, and how she carries herself and how she wants to be seen um, as something she's really not. So I, I think it I think in some ways it speaks to all females out there um, that you are in your own way, Holly go lightly. What about you, uh, web mistress? what is what is one of your favorites? I have a feeling that your your tastes will probably ha- be similar in, in time frame to what Lindsay has mentioned already. Well, and a, a lot of the things that Lindsay and Richard have brought up uh, already, I you know would definitely concur with. But actually, I'm going to bring up um, some slightly slightly older stuff because uh, just just as our scattershot beginning um i'm gonna bring up judy garland in the wizard of oz that is dorothy's story right um it is i mean it's got a large cast but it's her story it's female led and also i'm gonna bring up Julie Andrews in The Sound of Music and Mary Poppins, the original. Um, so I'm, 
reaching reaching back there uh, when I was trying to come up with some things that you know might be a little surprising. Um, those are movies with. Uh, uh, I mean, Dorothy was. Dorothy was lost, but her story was about finding her way, finding her way home, um, learning that she could rely on herself and on her friends. Um, the Sound of Music was, you know, Maria's story. And that, you know, it, it wasn't it wasn't nonfiction. It wasn't a documentary, obviously, but the fact that it was still, it had a basis in reality, this woman and the family that she found, um, and their, their story, her, her story of finding them and, uh, how they escaped Nazi Germany. <laughs> um, and I, Mary Poppins is just so much fun. Mary is the unexpected uh, burst of magic into the lives of the Banks family and everything that she does, it confounds them and delights them and just takes us to a very magical place. So yeah. I'll, uh, I'll start with that for me. <laughs> Those are solid. I, I kind of figured you would choose them. I had all three of those tabs open just in case we <laughs> went to that. It's, it's almost as if I know you. Uh, <laughs> but but you're definitely not wrong. I mean, that that Wizard of Oz has, has been done a few times, but the, the Judy Garland uh, version is still iconic, and it's something that stood the test of time. Uh, like you said, Mary Poppins is just fun. And then, of course, you know, with The Sound of Music, that has sort of a, a Star Wars crossover because, you know, it's a Von Trapp. Sorry. No, not really. Oh. But, uh, <laughs> but uh, yeah, those are, those, are good, those are good start movies. I tend to go in some, some stranger directions, or maybe not stranger, but maybe ones that, uh, that, that I, I love because I love them, but not necessarily because they were super successful. So I'll just start with one. Um, uh, one of my favorites that I will watch, no matter what, uh, and it actually includes an actress that's already been mentioned and Jodie Foster, but I like Contact because it's got the sci-fi element into it. Uh, that's just absolutely fantastic. The entire cast is good, but it doesn't work if, if Jodie Foster doesn't, doesn't lead it into the direction that it needs to go. Because she can, she can be at the same time, and she's done this in multiple films, she can portray strength and vulnerability at the same time. The story of, of that struggle between reason and faith and where everything stands and belief, it's just, I always found it just really compelling, and it's just something that I can, I can kind of watch each and every time that it's on there. The Wizard of Oz is one that, stands out because I, I feel like when I grew up I didn't have cable and I always we always looked for there'd be that time of the season when the Wizard of Oz would show up on probably CBS I want to say 
and it was always just a thing to watch repeatedly. I feel like that one, no matter how many times you've seen it, that it's something that is easily rewatchable. Mm-hmm. And that's it sounds silly, but one of the things right now with the with the streaming services and if you don't have like a CBS, ABC, NBC, like that typical thing, there's always those seasonal things that come on like the Charlie Brown Christmas or the, the, the wizard of Oz, you know, like those things that you, when we were growing up, we would sit and we'd anticipate watching on TV. And now without that streaming service, it's something that you got to purposefully look for look or for purchase it. or own. So that, yeah. And that's, that's, that's something that's a little change of pace, but I always, always enjoy watching The Wizard of Oz. And Contact, I've seen a couple of times, but I couldn't tell you a single bit about it because it's been such a long time. Yeah, I figured that would be one that maybe a lot of people wouldn't know quite quite as well. But uh, it, it's, it's like I said, it's one of those things that, that I just love to see. And, and uh, she, she does a great job in that one. What's your next big pick, Mr. Geiger? Well, um, I've got to say one of my one of my favorite movies in general and one of yours, too, um, is a movie uh, based strongly in reality. Uh, (laughs) It's Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon. (laughs) Um, uh, So the thing about this movie is you. Right, there's a strong male lead that's in it, but it's it's that's not it's not his story, right? It's everyone else's story that kind of revolves around him. And the it was one of those first movies that kind of brought to, I guess, more more light the the over the top martial arts where it's not it's it's on the brink of fantasy. Oh. <laughs> you're you're just pulling it's they, they pull strings and people fly across trees. <laughs> you tell me you can't you can't dance on on bamboo that's nah, <sighs> easy um, but you're right in, in in the balance of the movie there's no there's no telling that like this person has special abilities but this person does like i don't care about any about that it, it's it's a fantasy world but it's if you dig into it it's it's a it's a multi multi tiered story that I guess I was fortunate enough when I worked in the movie theater. Um, I I ran multiple movie theaters, and when I went to one and started running that one up in the booth. Now this was the time where you had reels, so it wasn't just a hard drive you you put in. You had reels of movies, and there would be five, six, eight. If you know the Lord of the Rings, for example, um, of of film that you'd put together and when you were done with them you take it apart you put them in cans and a company would come the same one it, no matter where i worked it was the same company i always came and picked them up and took them to like the next place or took them to the depot and crouching tiger hidden dragon there was a copy of it at my theater that i worked at it never got picked up like they never and it'd been there for years so i was just fortunate i, I don't know there was no accounting for it in a certain sense so i would just build it I'd build it and I'd have some friends over at, you know, like one o'clock and we would watch the movie. And we did that 
probably once a year for a couple years, you know, like just as a as an event where we'd get together because the movie is so much better, like most things, on the big screen because you could just go in and crank up the sound and all the little individual pieces of sound as they're battling or as they are walking across the, the, the bamboo, like the rustle of the leaves and stuff. The movie is just so good, and I don't... I don't care about the like the having it uh, subtitled. I would never watch it dubbed. No, subtitle is for sure the way to go. And I may might be in a minority on this, but I think that movie, in so many ways, just shows so many different stories. And the women that are in it are just so powerful, graceful, skilled. It's just. I don't know. I'm, I'm a big, it's one of my favorite movies. How do you weigh in on the, uh, the wire food, Lindsay? I've actually never seen, um, I've never seen the movie, uh, unfortunately, but I kind of want to go watch it now. Like as soon as I get off of here, I kind of want to see if it's on <laughs> one of my streaming services so I can watch it. Um, but I'm, I'm torn against, my my next one um originally i was gonna come like completely out of left field and say pippi longstocking oh that's a good one (laughs) but i at the same time to me clueless is it's a it's a cult classic it's um it's an icon i mean everybody who's anybody has heard of clueless not so many people have heard about pippi longstocking but Pippi Longstocking, I remember watching when I was a kid, so I just have very fond memories of watching that 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 you know mm-hmm. that movie. I I don't know if I've seen the same one because I think that they've had there's been more than one uh, made of her if, story. If, if there has been, I think I've seen only like the very first one and the original. Like yeah, those are the that's the only one I've seen was the original. Well, I, I've seen at least one uh, rendition on screen of Pippi Longstocking. And I don't know, because the one I saw was, like, taped by a family friend off of television. So I don't know if it was a TV movie or if it was a released to theaters movie. But it, it was very funny. It, it might have just been a Wendy's commercial. No. <laughs> Pippi Longstocking... <laughs> Uh, was one of those uh, books. I Actually, I have the th- three. I, I don't remember right offhand if there were more than three, but I have three of those books on my bookshelf right now that I, re- I got because I loved them when I was small. <laughs> well, both of those have a pretty strong link uh, in both tone and, uh, and, uh, and writing uh, because both characters are very strong of will and are trying to impose the way that they see the world uh, as the world pushes back on them trying to say that no this is this is not how you're supposed to behave this is not how you're supposed to be but it doesn't matter because they have what they need to make life be the way they want it to be which is a really strong message yeah i think that it it seems like a lot of these movies have somewhat not the same, but somewhat similar themes 
I'm gonna bring up another one here. Oop, there it is. Penelope. Oh, good one. Yeah. With the uh, Christina Ricci in it. That one is uh, a big favorite for me. Of the, it, it, it's a. You know, it's a, like a fairy tale takeoff, a little bit princess trapped in the tower, um, a little bit Beauty and the Beast reversed, kind of. And I'm I'm just a sucker for fairy tale uh, retellings, especially if they you know do something new with it, put it in a different setting twist the rolls around i'm i love those but i i really loved penelope it had um a very original take on that kind of a story and both christina ricci and james mcavoy were very good in it and (sighs) now i want to go watch it again (laughs) (laughs) Well, that film that film had a, a really nice sweetness to it that that a lot of yes. other films have trouble replicating, uh, whether it be the writing or the chemistry between the actors. But they they were able to to pull off um, pull off something that in a lot of other scenarios would just seem silly. I mean that that particular prosthetic is. <laughs> Is, is a little goofy and out of context. It you just look at it like there is no way this is a good movie, but it's it's so good. <laughs> well, and they they did a good job with the prosthetic, giving her the pig's nose, and yet it still blended well into her features. Mm-hmm. Um, it didn't interfere with the acting or or take you out of the story. It just it was part of who she was that character well so far we've had some fun kind of uh takes on fairy tales we've had a few uh older movies we've had some some interesting we need some uh some butt kicking in here that doesn't involve wires um (laughs) how about so now now we just get butt kicking that involves cgi right exactly no There, there's some CGI, but not much in this one. This one's a more recent one, and I was I was duly impressed. And when I I, I sent this list out on Twitter uh, not too long ago of what I thought were actually the top ten female-led comic-based movies, and this was my number one pick for that particular list. And I I would go with The Old Guard, uh, Charlize Theron, because it's it's a comic-based movie, but it's not tights. It's it's got more of a, a real world grounding in its feel, and while it's definitely an ensemble cast, it is definitely all Charlize Theron's uh, uh, picture, and it is it is fantastic. It is it's violent, but it's stylized, and I think I think it did a really good job. There there's some differences from the original source material, as you're always going to have, but I don't think anything major changed and. The little bits that they did change, I just think, made her character more interesting because you don't often get the the world weary warrior strong female lead character. It doesn't happen real often, and she just did a fantastic job of portraying that in that film. I thought. Is that one any of the three of you have seen? 
I have not. No. But now I, I want to. I haven't. Yeah, it's it's worth it. It's it is streaming yeah. on Netflix, so it's uh it's definitely uh, a lot of fun. Plus, if you look closely enough, there is uh, a now older and um, not quite so uh, pudgy Harry Melling in it for those that are uh, Harry Potter fans that know uh, uh, Dudley Dursley. Oh. <laughs> Plays the, the uh, lead villain in that particular film, and it's just huh. pretty awesome. <laughs> What about you, good Richard? What's what, what will be your next pick on a strong female-led film? So, I, I'll, I'll go with the, the butt-kicking, I guess you could say. Uh, um, but more, I, I guess because it's multi-tiered. I have, I have a couple movies. I'll just include all into one group because it's easy to do. I have, I have a, Alien and Aliens. And you can yep. Alien Three, which no one seemed to like, but because uh, it was bad, personally. Um, yep, um, <laughs> Alien. I think it, it's just got that that tenseness to it, right? It's a sci-fi sci-fi horror, I guess you could say. Definitely. Um, and it's just. Everybody, it, it's so everybody's in a tight space. What are you going to do? And it, it was during that age where CGI wasn't Existed. wasn't the thing, right? So when it, it showed the external views of the ships and stuff like that, it showed it still showed them. You know, it was it, it they had a presentation for it, but you didn't get that. Like the the alien character itself, the alien bursting out of the stomach. Like there was no CGI. That was all real-time, like, real effects, practical effects. And it made it made the feel of that movie so much, so much more. And it was her fighting, and then there's a stupid cat. <laughs> and, <laughs> you know, but it was like the, of that crew, and there wasn't a big crew it was a fight for your life and she was the one that came out victorious and then because she did such a good job and all the behind the scenes stuff then it rolls right into aliens which is n not the same thing no it's a different movie it's, near, it's nearly perfect it is a, it's an action oh my gosh the movie is so good and she's the one that's with this band of military people. She's the one that holds her own. She's the yeah. one that is in control of the situation. She is the one that does not panic. She is the one that sees what needs to be done when it needs to be done. She's the one that wins the, the big battle at the end. And she's the one that survives. And then there's alien three. So <laughs> <laughs> now, is everybody, if everybody says that that movie is awful, okay, I'll, it's not the best. But I don't think it's as, as, as bad as everybody says that it is. No, it's not awful. I like the concept of it as well, where it's, okay, so you landed on this prison planet. And the, the, one, the one cheesy part of it is like, oh, magically, an egg survived <laughs> and was strategically placed, too. 
Well, okay, that's bad enough as it is. But then just the fact that they're on this planet, they don't know what... It's like they're on the ship, too. They have no weapons. They're confined to a place. Like, they don't know how or what or what, you know, what's going to happen. And it runs its course. They do their thing. And she saves the day and sacrifices herself. And then it just leads to more trouble down the road for other bad alien movies. But that core of those first two movies, and then you can kind of throw in the third, it's just a showcase on Sigourney Weaver just being awesome. Yeah. So, and the, the, the alien aliens plural is just, just a, a straight awesome. One of the be- one of my favorite movies of all time. Now with I, some with other actors in it too. They're just yeah. I, nuke them from ridiculous. orbit, man. <laughs> oh gosh. Yeah, I mean, I'm just trying to think. Everybody, it's like the cast were. I don't know, whatever. Anyway, it's about it's about Sigourney Weaver and how awesome she is because she just she just doesn't put up with anything and she knows her place and it's better. It's it, it, she's strong. It's I don't know. It's an awesome movie. So, uh, what do you say, Lindsay? We'll transition. The, the the transition here, I think, is the cat ultimately caused all the problems, which you've already been dealing with. <laughs> <laughs> the cat was my favorite character. Um, I loved. Uh, I loved both Alien and Aliens. Uh, yeah, Alien Three. You start getting a little out there. Um, but I think out of both of those, Aliens, Aliens was my favorite just because of the comedy behind it. Like there was that movie actually brought comedy, you know, into something that when we saw Alien, it was a very serious movie. It was, you know, sci-fi horror. And then you bring in Aliens and it brings in that comedy aspect, which was really cool. Well, you have mm-hmm. to. If you're going to have Paul Reiser in the film, I'm sure it's in his contract somewhere. There has to be some comedy. <laughs> it has to be. But I think my pick would be, and this movie does have a good, strong, um, you know, male lead as well. But I'm going to go with Drop Dead Fred. Oh, interesting choice. It is one of my all-time favorite movies. Uh, I loved it growing up, and it just, I still love it to this day. Um, Oh, my. It's just, yeah. It's been forever since I saw that. Good heavens. Yeah. Yeah. I'm just I'm just coming out of left field with them them tonight. (laughs) No, that's that's a good one. It's a weird, fun movie. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it really is. Very. Very enjoyable. But, but, I mean, we all had, growing up, I'm sure we all had imaginary friends. So mm-hmm. that's what made it, you know, kind of cool to kids, especially when I was growing up watching the movie. And then now as an adult, I can appreciate both sides of the story. And just the story in itself is just such a cool story. Good one. Um. If you're looking for, like, kicking ass, like one of you said, uh, I'm going to pitch in Underworld. Oh, I've got that on my list. And uh, Underworld 2. Um, if, if it's been a little while since I saw them, too, so I can't quite remember if Underworld 2 was 
called something other than just that. But uh, Kate Beckinsale's character in that was, I mean, the movies were kind of cheesy. Um, and we've already, you know, had many discussions about uh, where they, where the writers probably got their inspiration. (laughs) (laughs) I wonder where that could be. But um, just her character was, was in control, even when things were out of control, you know, and um, she was unquestionably the lead. Yeah. Yeah, that that had some great combat sequences. The second one was Underworld Evolution, and then Evolution that became that Underworld Rise of the Lycans, and then Underworld Awakening, and yeah, yeah. That that's another one that I haven't seen all of the films in. I, I even I I can't remember if I saw Rise of the Lycans or not, but the first two, um, mostly because the one led right into the other. I remember pretty clearly. It became a little convoluted down the road. But I would also like to pitch in... You had a break, right? Oh. Mm. That's okay. I would also like to pitch in Labyrinth as a female-led movie. I I don't know. Uh, David Bowie led that, right? That was all him. No. (laughs) It was Sarah's story. The story of a girl who accidentally calls the Goblin King to take away her baby brother. Um, And then she realizes what she's done and she has to go through the journey to get him back through the labyrinth. That was a weird film. That's a good one. It it was weird, but it uh, it was a lot of fun. And again, it's... You know, she has to find out who she really is. While enduring Um, 80s dancing and Muppets. (laughs) And David Bowie. Don't forget David Bowie. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, that's that's a good one. Okay, all these all these great kind of strange choices. Let's bring up something overly serious. Uh, (laughs) Let's go with uh, 1982 Meryl Streep, Sophie's Choice. Uh, it's probably one that uh, I'm going to guess that, that you have not seen, Rhonda. I'm going to wager that also no. Richard has not seen it. <laughs> is, this, is this one you're familiar with, Lindsay? I am, actually. <laughs> I thought you might be. The, the, the thespians uh, tend, to, tend to know that one pretty well. It's, um, it's uh, without really saying anything, it's a, a real kind of master class in how to deliver dialogue in in a way that that always conveys an underlying emotional context and being able to um, show just a, a serious side that is captivating a lot of times very serious movies for a lot of people just bore them to tears but the the I'm trying to think of ways to, to say as well without saying too much. It, it has real moral weight, the, the story that's in it, because it has to, has to do with some uh, 
uh, Nazi concentration camps and uh, the Holocaust and some other things. And it's, and it's really, really, it, it's, it's rough, but it's worth a watch. It's one of those films that you kind of want to watch once and maybe not go back to, <laughs> <laughs> but it's, 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 it's worth a watch for sure. Uh, plus, it's got Kevin Klein in it. Uh, so if you're going to have somebody support the leading female role, can't go wrong with Kevin Klein. Hmm. So we will take just a moment to remind people that uh, if you if you love movies as much as we do, uh, that it's it's really easy to get all sorts of information on those movies. If you just go to our website, everybodylovespudding.com, we have an entire section of it dedicated to the ultimate comic movie database where you can go and see every movie ever based on a comic strip, on a comic book, whatever. We've got the, uh, the uh, kill counts for a bunch of movies and television shows on there. We're on social media. You know what social media we're on. But don't forget to visit us on Patreon where for just $1 per month you can support the Pudding Guys as we bring you new guests, new content, and new equipment to make our content sound better. <laughs> All right. Enough of that uh, silliness. Let's uh, let's let's get another good one from you, Richard. What do you think? What what is uh, you're, you're, I know you're leading up to some of your your favorite choices. You've got them already kind of in a in a top ten list, and and you're gonna you're gonna wow us with the best ones now, right? Already did my favorites, so that was Crouching Tiger, and that was the Aliens one. But I do have a question Oops. because um, there's a set of movies that. Uh, I have not seen that had immense popularity and is female led. And I'm wondering what the group thinks about um, the hunger games. Ah. I don't know if those movies are any good or not. And I'm wondering, are they worth watching? Anybody watch them? I have. I, have, I saw the first one. Yeah, Ooh, there we go. Take it so, away. So what I'm getting here is no. Yeah. <laughs> so that's that that answers answers my question because it's a it's four it's a series of four movies and it was kind of when they were out huge, like just huge uh, being a box office smash doesn't mean the movie's good, but the movies were the books were so popular, uh, and from what I've heard the movies were okay or good too and that was all about a strong like the female character like progressing through the whole entire set i just don't know if it's any good or not well in my case i read the books um a friend loaned them to me and i was interested enough the story was here's here's my reason probably that I didn't follow through with the movies after the first one dystopias are not really my thing so having read the series when I watched the first movie I enjoyed watching it it was it was um It didn't knock my socks off, but it was a good movie. It the the actors did. 
I'm sorry. I'm, I don't mean to be pausing like that. Um, I thought that they did a really good job with their roles, but I did not feel particularly moved to go out of my way to see the, the rest. I knew what was coming. <laughs> <laughs> what about you, Lindsay? Let's put it that way. Having read the books, yep. I saw the first movie and it uh it took a lot for me to just stay through the first movie. <laughs> oh yeah. It, it just I just didn't um it wasn't it had nothing to do with the acting. It's just I went um with someone else who really wanted to see it, so I kind of got drugged or I, I got <laughs> drugged to the to the theater. And so I was already not really wanting to be there, but yeah, I didn't see any of the others, and I've never read the books. I know that's terrible, especially since I've read Twilight, <laughs> and I uh, haven't read Hunger Games. I, I feel like I'm doing any injustice to myself. But yeah, we've talked about Twilight before. No sparkly <laughs> vampires allowed. That gets vetoed <laughs> immediately. Well, they weren't hey, really vampires I, I wasn't exactly. Use that. Sorry, go ahead. No, you go ahead. Oh, I was just gonna I was just gonna tease him a bit and say, well, they weren't really vampires, see. They're just what the vampire legends were based on. <laughs> exactly. Plus it took, you know, Robert Pattinson, you know, twelve years to become a bat. Oh golly. <laughs> I think well. he'll do good with that one. I I don't have a problem <laughs> with a lot of times when I have problems with films, I don't have a problem with the actors in the films because it's usually I don't feel their fault. Uh, uh, yeah. that it goes badly. It's just that particular that particular series just makes my head hurt whenever I think about it. Uh, <laughs> it's, it it's all bombad. Um, <laughs> but uh, all right. Well, how about this one? Let's let's go with something funnier. I I have an actress that I will watch in any movie that she ever puts out. Uh, and in fact, I just watched one that I hadn't had a chance to see recently because it's in a series that I like, and it was an all-female cast. It's like, oh, I, and it's got her in the lead, so it's like, I got to see it. But um, I am a huge fan of um, Sandra Bullock, and she's got a couple really fun uh, movies where she is the the prime mover in each one of them. Uh the net in 1995 was just fantastic. If you like a thriller mm -hmm. and you don't mind poorly aging technology references, <laughs> it's really yes. a lot of fun. Um, I love that movie. Yeah. And, and she, she does it well cause she's, she's, she's able to uh, keep the, the, the tension going and she's got great humor. Uh, she's a very funny person and you just can't, it's hard to not have that come through which is why the other one that's actually my favorite one that she's led is uh, Miss Congeniality. And I, I will watch that movie anytime it is on, every time it is on, just because it's, it's got what I feel is almost a perfect balance between comedy and some actual, um, some actual dramatic substance and some, some real character development, which is, which is nice. It's hard to have good, good character progression in a film. You just don't have enough time to do anything. 
you, you have to hopefully have enough time to establish the character and then they don't really change. They just react to what happens in the hour and a half to two hours that you've got. If there's one major uh, update to their personality, you're, you're lucky uh, that you can, you can squeeze it in there like that. But uh, I just, that there is genuine character growth and the entire cast is fantastic and she is the crown jewel in that one for me. She is also by that been... token. Did you? Oh, I was just going to ask if you also liked uh, Illegally Blonde. Um, I know it's not Sandra Bullock. I've only seen about a third of that. I know I always intended to finish it because I liked what I saw, but I, n- I never finished the film. I got busy. <laughs> well, I've never seen it either, but I, I have seen Miss Congeniality. Candace Bergen's in it. She's great. Yes, she is. What were uh, what were you going to say? Oh, I was just going to say uh, there another uh, movie that Sandra Bullock was a lead in that was definitely you know female focused was Practical Magic, right? Which uh, was another uh, not out of left field exactly, but another one of the Quirky. not. What you quirky, yes, not something that you would usually think of. Um, I had a lot of fun. I, that's a movie that I had never seen and finally got the opportunity to watch. Um, and it was it was fun, it was very interesting watching her. And um, was it Nicole Kidman? I think that was also in yeah. that, yeah, yeah. Um, watching the two of them um, as sisters, uh, as nascent witches who uh, had, you know, grown up knowing that these powers were possible, but not really using them and the consequences of not having uh, learned how to really harness that. <laughs> What do we do with witches? <laughs> <laughs> All right. So we've got some really great, uh, really great examples. Let's have like a, a final, uh, you know, kind of round robin fire off of just one or two more that we think that people should watch that are just fantastic in our closing moments. And we should start with our special guest, Lindsey Gray. What is what is the movies that we should end with that uh, that we haven't covered so far? Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Ah. And I'm talking about the, the original. Christy Swanson one. Yes. Yeah. Yes. That was good. That was so much fun. Yeah. I'm, yes, it we're was. We're going to was, see that with my sister. It was very sister. 90s. Yeah, very 90s. Um, but it's a cult classic. And it's one that, you know, 20 years down the road, I'll still want to watch. Yeah, that's 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 definitely a good one. Uh, and even though I like the television series uh, better, the uh, without that movie, it wouldn't have happened. Mm-hmm. Uh, exactly. What about you, Richard? What is what is one to to leave us with for the ages? Um, that's a great question. Uh, don't watch any of the Alien movies after the third one. Let's, let's <laughs> go with once to a <laughs> Um, 
you know, I, I guess there's just so many kind of movies that I've seen, but like ones like I, I'm not a, I'm not a Titanic person, for example. I've never seen the movie. Don't ever intend to see the movie. Um, so there, there's some, there's just some movies that I think that are really, really good that just aren't my cup of tea. I mean, you can see by my list, I'm pretty boring. Uh, the same type of movie, uh, you know, Kill Bill, Aliens, Crouching Tiger. I mean, okay, it's it's a trend here. So, um, I'm trying to think of some just that other secondary one that I've seen. Oh yeah, Mulholland Drive was pretty interesting. That's a weird one. Um, I've seen that one a couple times. Um, if you want, if you're, if you want to watch a movie. And kind of know what's going on, but don't know what's going on. And you don't want your typical, you don't want an action movie. You don't want to, you don't want like a comedy. You want one of those kind of character, but like, like what am I watching movies? Mulholland Drive is a pretty good one. Those are fun. What about you, Rhonda? Well, I'm going to. I'm going to just fire off uh, some some good ones. Uh, really, you know, the strong female character with uh, with the the courage to to get the job done. We've got Captain Marvel. We've got the first Wonder Woman in nineteen or twenty seventeen. Pardon me. And then we've got Disney's Brave. Mm-hmm. All. Three of those are um, very physical kinds of bravery, as well as um, having a lot of heart to the story and being more being about more than just the action. But I think the one that I want to really leave with when I was looking at our um, shelf earlier and picking out the ones that I wanted to talk about, I came across this one. And because I was looking, my criteria was whose story is it really? And I thought of Knives Out. Hmm. The character of Marta, it's, it's, she is the Focus. central character in this movie it, it's another huge ensemble cast and a, another great cast um but she is the character who drives the action who the story turns on and her courage is a different kind of courage than uh most of these other characters yeah. and she just following her as she does what she has to do and yet she has this she knows that she could be in big trouble if it comes out what happened uh when her employer died but her integrity is such that it physically makes her ill if she even considers trying to hide the truth it's it's a different kind of of bravery and courage that she exhibits in her story. So, that's mine. Yeah, that's a good one. Okay, well, I'll 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 do a Neapolitan 
smattering here to, to leave three films that can fit a personality, uh, no, no matter what type of a film that you like to watch that has a really strong female lead in it. Uh, if you want some action, the Resident Evil uh, franchise. I mean, uh, you don't get much more uh, kick butt than that. And it's a nice transition. So, again, some character growth throughout the, uh, the series uh, from uh, Alice Mila Jovovich's characters. It's just kind of very nicely done. Uh, if you prefer something a little more humorous, uh, a little more rom com in some respects, uh, Devil Wears Prada is very popular. Um, it's I have a I have a big soft spot for Anne Hathaway. I think she's a she's a gem, and and pretty much anything that she's ever been in has been awesome. And again, you got Meryl Streep in it, which is uh, you know can't go wrong with that. Uh, or if you want something very serious and that will likely leave you slightly depressed after watching it, uh, can't not mention Black Swan here. Um, it's uh, Natalie Portman did a, just a, a, a knockout job on that, and that's a, a very a very compelling story uh, to to be able to uh, to be able to kind of really affect the viewer. It's 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 I think very well done. But I want to thank all of you very much for just sharing some of your favorites and why they're your favorites and kind of just sharing the joy of some some films that maybe some people aren't completely familiar with. We covered nearly like a 60, 70 year range of films in this. And I still feel like we haven't even you know, scratched the surface. There's just a lot of a lot of good choices out there. But uh uh, I'm sure we'll get uh, you back on again at some point, Rhonda. Give us another uh, year, two years. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> You'll have some time at some point. <laughs> but uh, Lindsay, uh, are you uh, are you still safe out there in California? You got some some big stuff coming up to tell us about. I I am still safe. Um, I um auditions have been have been coming in. They haven't really started productions yet. Uh, back up. They started and they closed for the holidays. And when they went to start back up, we had a, a rise in cases. So they have kind of stopped production for right now. Um, and it's getting ready to pick back up because, I mean, auditions are just crazy right now. Yeah. So fingers crossed. <laughs> well, keep an eye on Lindsay because she always, she always uh, delivers as you've always heard on our show and from hers. She's a funny lady and uh, always, uh, always fun to have you on. And of course, Richard, my compatriot of compatriots, we will, we will be back with more stuff next week. Just keep an eye out and uh, we have some really neat stuff coming up for you. But until next time, uh, don't forget to check us out at Real Pudding Guys on Twitter for the latest of neat stuff and uh, at Real Pudding Guys on Instagram for the latest of uh, clippings from the yard. <laughs> There's snow on the ground right now. So oh, so no, that's right, uh, shoveling. No current ones. No, no, no current ones. But uh, we cannot wait to talk to you again. Bye, folks. Bye.